The Chosen, a dramatic look at the life of Christ and the people around him, has been a huge success streaming on the service VidAngel. But did you know that there's a lot more Christian content out there that you might consider streaming? Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host for The Plugged In Show, Focus on the Family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, by now, we all know the big options out there for streaming shows and movies. Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney+, Hulu, and well, the list just keeps getting longer. But what you may not realize is that there are some strong Christian programming options out there, too. Shows like The Chosen have been generating buzz, but we want you to be aware of other options if you're looking for redemptive streaming content. Well, joining me for our conversation today are... Emily Clark. Paul Acey. And Jonathan McKee. Well, we're going to be talking about The Chosen, and, and that brings me to this question. If you had to pick your favorite dramatization of a biblical story, now this could be Old Testament, New Testament, let's, I guess, leave the Extra Testament stuff out, uh, <laughs> and this could be a, a movie or a TV show, what would it be and why? So it's kind of funny because I feel like I could almost just go off on the dramatizations, the biblical dramatizations that I don't like because of their inaccuracies. But Correct, but I that's actually not am... the question I asked. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I said it was funny. But I'm actually, so I think my favorite one is probably The Prince of Egypt oh. because of all of the music. And every time I watch that, I still get chills, you know, when they say, when they do the, the miracle song at the end. And so, yeah, that one's probably going to be my favorite. And yes, I know it's riddled with, it, with biblical inaccuracies, but it's so good. Riddled. That's a good verb. Riddled. You know, I love <laughs> yeah. that scene where they're crossing the Red Sea and they see the, like the shadow of the whale um oh yeah the shadow yeah. Some yeah. large sea uh creature we should say um uh, but yeah i mean the it's it's really a spectacular film no it is good it is good so i i think that probably i'm gonna a answer a question actually that you did not ask adam before i give my <laughs> actual answer oh, boy. And, the an and the answer is yes <laughs> oh <laughs> so what would i like to see adapted what would i love to see some christian filmmaker adapt to to movie or television the story of saul wouldn't that be a great gritty story well yeah i mean if that was the question i had asked that would be a really oh, terrific I, one. I, I actually right. i actually thought that was the question you asked so paul <laughs> i mean i literally thought he was saying which which scene in the bible do you want to see so I, i'm with you paul that's good, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah I, I just think stall would be a great story it has that sort of anti-hero type of quality right, that, but, that... but if i'm answering the question that you actually asked adam i i would right. have to go with paul Paul, Apostle of Christ. It, uh, it oh. was a movie that came out just uh, two or three years ago, I think. And it, I thought that that was really well done. I was very impressed with the quality of it. It moved me. Uh, I, I thought that that uh, that the character Paul was really fleshed out incredibly well in, in that particular dramatization. And I would, it's one of the movies that I would definitely be happy to show to non-Christian friends of mine because I think it stands pretty well on its own. All right. Well, I'm glad you picked that one because that way I can go with the one I thought you were going to pick, which is also the one I picked. But I want to hear from Jonathan first. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad I can. Maybe I can do like past podcasts and beat you to the punch and steal maybe. yours. But 
But no, Paul, I was going to answer the same thing. I was going to say there's some great Old Testament stories. And my gosh, I mean, I mean, there are countless stories I read where I'm like, this would be a great story. I mean, Joseph's brother is getting mad and going and, you know, taking revenge on a whole civilization of people. Or oh, I mean, that yeah. would be a great action movie or even the, it'd be uh, like Lord of the Rings, but Bible version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, or like, uh, you know, Joshua and Caleb going as the spies and going and sneaking in. I mean, there, there's some great like action things that could be made into to great things. But I, I think of things that were already made since that's what Adam kind that, of that asked is the question. Still. That, he, that he kind of asked, but that you listeners are going to have to go back and rewind and listen and see, did he really ask that? Um, and, and ask he yourself, did. but, but if he did, if he did ask that, despite what Paul and I think, um, I would say I, I like, and it's because my wife likes this a lot. And so I've kind of started to watch it with her and I'm like, no, this, this is really good. I like the nativity, uh, good soundtrack, um, good story. I thought it was done well. Um, and you know, it, um, you know, after so many years of Jesus Christ, superstar, I had to go up to nativity. So, uh, so anyway, so yeah. Nativity. And that's the more recent live action one. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and doesn't that have some connection? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm asking maybe listeners know, uh, is, uh, doesn't that have some connection to that? The Bible that was done? Did it was it done at the same time? Was that same people? I, I don't know. Anybody know? Hmm. Nobody knows. Listeners, tell us. Do you know? Yeah. Well, well there we'll you go. To, we'll have to IMDb. I, I am that. not sure. I know it stars the young woman who was in Whale Rider, uh, whose name is escaping my my gray matter right now. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that one too. And I, for me, I'm going to pick a 2016 movie called Risen, and it starred Joseph Ooh. Fiennes, um, who uh, of course is Ray Fiennes' brother, and. Once you get over seeing Voldemort in every scene, uh, it's a really terrific movie. Uh, <laughs> no, this is a this is an interesting movie in that it's a little bit of a whodunit. Uh, Joseph Fiennes plays a Roman centurion who is tasked with finding Jesus' body, and uh, he begins to investigate it. And, and of course, he keeps wandering into these uh, very biblical scenes. So it's a it's an interesting mashup of, you know, complete and utter dramatization of what might have happened with him with biblical scenes and stories that we're familiar with. And I think it was a pretty high risk kind of way to tell a story, because I think just describing it, you think, man, it feels like there's a lot of potential for things to go wrong here. But it really worked in that it sort of introduces us to the Bible story from a third person perspective of an outsider. And it challenges yeah. us to think about, you know, well, what would it have been like to live through this time, to live through these claims, to encounter these people who believe that Jesus was risen. Um, so it totally worked for me. It's got a fair bit of violence in it. Uh, the crucifixion scene actually is uh, it's not on the level of the passion, uh, but it definitely was intense. So it may not be, the best one for small children, but I think for, for teens on up uh, a great conversation starter, just about what it would have been like when Jesus rose from the dead. You, you know what? That totally reminds me. I mean, I know it's not what you asked, although nobody knows what you asked Adam, but the, uh, you know, it's interesting. There's a scene in a movie that I think was so good that it's worth just a quick nod to. And that is the, the classic Ben Hur scene of Jesus where he brings water 
uh, oh, yeah. to Ben to mm-hmm. Ben Hur. That little scene I used to show to my campus life kids. I mean, kids that you know didn't grow up in the church, didn't know who Jesus was, and I'd show them that scene. And we would kind of start off with this discussion of who Jesus was because you like never actually see him or his face. And right. it's just so well done in this, you know, secular classic movie. So it's, it's, it's interesting how many times I feel like every once in a while someone gets it right. They do. And, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. I'm going to use that as a segue into the meat of our conversation today. Well, I once attended a screenwriting conference where the main speaker said, if Hollywood knew how to make a hit movie, they would do it every time, which I thought was pretty interesting. And one of the breakout hits of the last couple of years uh, in terms of Christian content uh, is streaming on VidAngel and it's called The Chosen. And it was directed by Dallas Jenkins, who of course is Jerry Jenkins' son. And we're going to spend some time getting you up to speed on that show because I think that it has really created a groundswell of interest because it's very well done. But we're also going to talk about some other things that you can expect to find on various Christian streaming platforms and outlets. Well, Paul, you've been one of our main reviewers on the series, The Chosen, and you even had a chance to talk to Dallas Jenkins a while back about his show. For those who aren't familiar with The Chosen, what can viewers who are tuning in for the first time expect to find? I think that they can find a as close as you can get to prestige TV done with a Christian worldview. Um, that was the thing that, that I really took away from watching The Chosen. It's a very well-crafted television show that, that chronicles the very first days of Jesus, even before he begins his ministry in earnest. Um, and it's a powerful, powerful television show that doesn't necessarily take, it, it's, it's not a word-for-word retelling of Jesus's story. The interesting thing about it is, is that it really shows Jesus through the eyes of some of the people who knew him. It, it, shows him through Peter. It shows him through Mary Magdalene. It shows him through through Nicodemus. It, it's, it's really what these people first see in Jesus and why mm-hmm. they became attracted to, to him and his message. Um, it's very well done. Clearly, this was done with an idea of, of competing really head-to-head with, with what we would call secular television shows. Um, it has sort of that, that prestige TV type of feel. It's definitely not perfect, and people who are uncomfortable with, the, with uh, biblical narratives sort of steering and, and taking some poetic licenses on, on, on those, it can be troubling. Um, it's something that actually I talked with, with Dallas a little bit about. But in terms of a riveting TV show that stands up well to sort of a secular lens, I think The Chosen does it very well. Well, what concerns, if any, do you think parents who might be interested in watching the show need to be aware of when it comes to, you know, thinking about it with their families? It has, of course. Whenever you're talking about uh, a real story, if you will, 
we all know that real life does not necessarily fit within a G or PG confine, right? So, so we know that we're talking about um, Jesus is talking with some some people who have some flaws. We know that that he's dealing with obviously some spiritual elements. If you have problems with 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 possession, the the, the theme of possession, even though it's done in a bu- biblical context, I guess you could say that that's going to be an issue. It also feels a little bit cruder than what you might expect. I mean, there's there's some jokes about flatulence and that type of thing. So so you do have, it, it does feel a little bit more earthy than I think we typically associate with biblical stories, right? It, it feels real. It feels um, germane to the times in some ways. It shows Jesus with a sense of humor, which I think is a great thing. I think it's very refreshing. But for people who are used to to a Jesus that has a more, uh, I don't know, a more airbrush type of feel to it, um, hmm. this could be an issue. See, I think this is good, though. I, I think that anybody who's truly in the Word of God, um, you know, we, we've talked about this before in the podcast, you cannot read the book of Genesis without, you know, like, blushing several times and kind of going, wow, I can't believe that's in there. You know, I mean, it is, it, you know, the Bible is a story of imperfect people um, and their relationship with a perfect God. And it, it doesn't hesitate to show the details of the imperfect people and how very often in the mistakes we make, God's grace is still big enough to love us and, and, and handle us. And so, Hopefully, people that are in the Word and, and are, are used to those stories, when you see some of this on the screen, it's not gratuitous. It's not, right. and maybe it might, and, and there might be stuff that's not for your five-year-old in the same way that you're probably not going to read, you know, certain s- stories, you know, you know, to your five-year-old out of Genesis. But, uh, but it's, you know, that's something that parents have to make that discerning decision. But I think it really, um, when you're not being gratuitous and just showing violence for violence sake, um, for example, the crucifixion story, which is, you know, why, uh, the passion of the Christ got an R rating because that was an R rated event and it was a horrific event. Um, that was what Jesus did for us. And it's something that we should see. Yeah. You know, whenever we review something like this, we will often hear from people who are concerned that, you know, it deviates from what we see in scripture. Uh, And it just, it raises the question of how you tell a biblical story, right? Because you've got to fill in some of those gaps dramatically. And I think a, a show like this, one of the best things that it accomplishes is that it, it gives you an opportunity to watch something and then you can stop and just ask the question, what do you think? You know, how did you respond to that? Do you think that's the way it was? And then you can use that, I think, as a catalyst to actually going to scripture and and reading it and thinking about it. And so yeah. I yeah. think that these sorts of shows really can serve a, a creative um, purpose without yeah. taking them as gospel, but they can point us to the gospel and help us to understand it maybe in ways that we never did before. Yeah. And yeah. that's actually almost verbatim what, what Dallas told me. He said, you know, this isn't meant to be a, a word for word retelling of the Bible. The Bible is still there. And that's what we're pointing people to with this show. But it does help flesh out the story in a way that I think most people today are a little more familiar with. I think that that we like that that deeper character examination and the chosen really provides that character examination while hopefully directing people to the source of where it all came from 
you know, it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, filling in the gaps, that's basically what this is doing. It's filling in the gaps. And it's not saying the scripture is missing this, but you know, if you're reading the story of Joseph and he interprets a dream and he's expecting God to pull him out of prison right there, all of a sudden there's a sentence that says, and two years later, and you're like, what? <laughs> Joseph was just left there for two years. <laughs> and as I've been personally reading, cause we, I, we've had a rough year as a family and I've been constantly thinking about what this is to patiently wait for the Lord and wait for him to act Psalm 37, seven. And when I read that two years later, man, here's, here's a guy who was, you know, trying to live a godly life. And God was like, okay, wait two years. Wouldn't it be cool if, you know, film took that and said, what were those two years? Like, what was it like to wake up every day in jail and wonder, God, are you there? I mean, this is something that happened. And, and this is, I think what, what, they're creatively trying to explore some of these moments. It's not replacing scripture. It's just saying, hmm, wouldn't it be interesting to kind of explore what was happening in the life of this guy every day for two years? And I think those are yeah. fun questions to ask. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think that the, what's really cool about shows like this is that it, it, it's exactly what you just said. It's just it's filling in the the gaps of like, okay, what was going on? You know, who was who was Gideon before? You know, God chose him to pick out all those soldiers, and you know, like who were these people before we knew before we see them in the Bible? And I think that's actually a really cool thing to explore. The Chosen streams on VidAngel, which is an interesting service all on its own. If someone checks out VidAngel, what kind of things are they going to find there? They're going to find a lot of very interesting things on VidAngel, actually. Um, as we've been talking a lot about The Chosen, which, of course, is, is kind of the, the, the cornerstone of VidAngel's original content. Uh, okay. VidAngel is, is known primarily probably as, as for its filtering software. Okay, it, uh, say more about that. Yeah, the, the, the filtering software, essentially what VidAngel sort of made its name on was being able to take secular movies, uh, be they PG-13 or whatever you have, um, and you could stream them through their, their filtering software, essentially, and take out all of the stuff that we would call out in plugged-in reviews. It would, it would mute the bad words. It would skip over some of the problematic scenes. You could, you could adjust it for uh, the amount of, of sex or violence or whatever that you feel comfortable with. Um, it was a very interesting service. It's, it's a very controversial service, obviously. And uh, one of the reasons why I think that VidAngel has sort of moved into the area of original content is they've been hit with a, with a pretty big lawsuit um, from, from some of these secular creators saying, you can't censor what we're doing. Um, it takes away from the purpose of, of what these, these movies, what these television shows are meant to be. Uh, so there's a lot of controversy around that particular filtering software, but as of now, it's still being allowed. And, and so it, it provides an interesting service for families that are concerned with that type of content. Well, and it's interesting because when you, you know, edit out all the bad stuff, it's kind of cool. You can watch a Quentin Tarantino movie in seven 17 minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> turns out it's the trailer, right? Yeah. <laughs> the of Wall Street would really be just the opening credits and the closing credits. That's yeah, right. That, that would be the whole movie right there. Well, I think that VidAngel has worked through some of those legal concerns, and you're right to know that there there definitely was a legal challenge. And in terms of the mechanics, the way it works now is you have to have 
a subscription to one of the main streaming services. So Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Now, those are the ones they're working with. Also Google Play and, and Vudu. And so you're basically taking the content you're already getting and putting it through their their filter to do exactly what you were talking about, Paul. You can set the, the level of sensitivity on how much stuff you want to take out. Uh, and that leads me to the next question. What do you think the pros and cons of having a filtering service like this are? Is it all pros? Are there any cons? What do you think? Okay, so I've actually... Um... I had some friends when I was in high school and their parents had a similar thing, but it was for their DVD player. And right. so the argument that I would make as somebody who, you know, I, I studied film in college. I, I really appreciate films for what they are in their entirety. Um, you, you definitely, it, it, it's an adjustment because if you're a person who really enjoys films the way that I do, then you're definitely going to notice the the gaps, as it were, you know, using a service like this. And it does kind of take away from the film. And it's it's why all those, you know, filmmakers started suing and everything. It's because it does, it, it does kind of take away from the film. However, Sometimes that's if you're watching like with your little kids and stuff and you just don't want them to be exposed to something, it's actually really good because guess what? Your little kid's not going to notice, you know, like you as an adult, <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to notice, but your but your child, yeah, probably not. So I think there are pros in that sense, but there are cons like if you're watching it as an adult, you're, it's going to leave something to be desired. Well, it's going to be hard because if you're sitting down with your five-year-old and you're like, look, the Terminator's heading towards the police station. Wait, he's walking away from the police station. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened? What happened in the police station? I don't know. Yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> well, okay. This brings up, I think, a really interesting point because we're, we're talking about a couple different things. We're talking about our aesthetic enjoyment of a film and that this may create some pretty big gaps. And I think there's there's a philosophical argument of, you know, does anybody have the, the right to mess with somebody else's artistic creation? But obviously the pragmatic concern as Christian parents is that, you know, there's some things that we might want to watch that maybe just drift a little ways outside the lines. And so, you know, we've, we've mentioned a couple of R-rated movies. I wonder if the best use of a service like this isn't for stuff that is totally drenched in explicit content, but, you know, maybe there's something that has one, you know, brief inappropriate scene, or there are two or three harsh profanities that push a movie into PG-13 territory, and this dials it back. I know that when most of the Marvel movies came out, my son was young enough that his friends were seeing it, but we weren't comfortable with the amount of language that was in there. And I think, uh, especially if you've got a young superhero fan, this is something that could dial back that profanity level. So for me, just thinking about it in terms of how would I use it in my family, if, if we were subscribers to that service, uh, I think it would be best used for those movies that are just a little ways over the line. Yeah, I agree. I think that when you're dealing with like those heavier movies, like, like I said, you're going to, it's going to leave something to be desired. But if you're using it, you know, there are a lot of PG movies out there that maybe have one curse word and you're, you know, you, des you don't necessarily want to 
you know, nix the entire movie based on that one thing. I mean, some families will, but with a service like this, they wouldn't have to. They could actually watch a movie that maybe has a really good story, a really good, you know, just everything. And except for that one, you know, curse word, and they could just have that muted and then they could enjoy it with their kids and not have to be like, okay, so let's skip to the next scene, you know, and then miss a huge chunk. They could just have the one thing muted. One of the things I've noticed as as I've reviewed movies and television for as many years as I've had is, is that you can often draw a, a pretty strong line between what is really gratuitous content and what serves a story. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that you do find a lot of movies that it just have gratuitous content for gratuity's sake. And that's where mm-hmm. a service like this comes in handy. As, yeah. as a creator and appreciator of art, there are some concerns that I have. But but when I think about it pragmatically, it's probably not that much different from you sitting down with your five-year-old, your seven-year-old, reading a story out loud, and then just skipping over a page or two, right? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that it gives more control to parents. And I think when it comes to what we do at Plugged In, we're all about giving parents as much control over what is going into their, their kids' eyes and ears and minds as, as possible. You know, I also would say that even though this feels like a new technology, um, I mean, this is what airlines and broadcasting networks have been doing for years. Like Forever, I remember yeah. growing yeah. up and watching James Bond movies on ABC and it always had that little message on the front end, you know, this movie has been edited for television. So in some ways, this is not a new idea. It's just a new technology in terms of giving us access to that. Well, I also want to ask, what are some of the other streaming services out there that are providing Christian content these days? Man, there are a ton of them, actually. It's it's amazing when you look at the the breadth and depth of what we're seeing in terms of in, in, in the Christian streaming entertainment space. Probably the you have VidAngel, that's a huge player. PureFlix is probably the other big, big player in this space. And ironically, actually, just before we, we recorded this podcast, uh, Affirm Entertainment, which is the Sony offshoot that is right. behind some of the best Christian movies out there, Soul Surfer, Risen, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. They're all affirmed films, including, I think, my, my favorite, Paul, that I mentioned earlier on. They just bought Pure Flix. And oh, wow. So- yeah, so you have, yeah, it's it's so you have this uh, this new um, wave potentially. We don't know how that's going to shake out. It was really just announced, so we don't know exactly how that's going to impact the the PureFlix streaming system. But it could be really good news for folks who are interested in watching strong Christian entertainment. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. They have some other services as well. Uh, 360 TV is is a new service that includes a lot of, of original content. They also take some stuff from their, their YouTube partners. Uh, that's another service that you can look at if you're interested in. And I believe that it's completely free, to be honest with you. Um, and there was another one that I ran across as well called TV24Flix. That's TV. Hmm. 24flix.com. Um, it offers, like so many of these services do, a free 14-day trial. It has original movies, original content. One of the interesting twists about this, and I think that this speaks to the hunger that people have for content, 
TV 24 flicks is actually soliciting content. So it's wow. like they're asking for people for ideas for their own productions. Uh, if, if there are, you know, budding movie or television makers, TV 24 flicks, that might be a place to check out and see what they say, you know? So they're looking for content to populate their website. So you have a lot of different options within the Christian space. You know, I think we all know that there's a lot of content out there, movie and TV wise, that we want our, our families to steer clear of. And one of the main things we do at Plugged In is to make you aware of that so that you can make the best decision possible for your family. But the good news is, is that I, I think it's never been easier to identify possible alternatives, you know, whether we're talking Christian themed content on the outlets we've talked about today or filtering movies and shows on VidAngel, families have lots of options, but it still requires something really important of us. And that is being intentional. As we often say here on the Plugged In Show, our job as parents is to make wise and intentional decisions about what our kids are engaging with, and then set up appropriate ways and appropriate boundaries for them to connect with that entertainment. So there's lots of good stuff out there, but we have to do the work of finding it and thinking through what really works best for our families. Well, as always, we would love to hear from you regarding what's on your mind about our topic this week. What shows are you watching? What services do you use to stream family-friendly entertainment? And are there any you would like us to review or, or, or dive into deeper? You can let us know at team, that's T-E-A-M, at thepluggedinshow.com or on our Facebook and Instagram accounts. And as our thank you for being a part of the Plugged In Show family, today for a gift of any amount, we would love to send you a copy of our friend Paul Acey's book, Burning Bush 2.0, How Pop Culture Replaced the Prophet. And this is sort of a deep dive into the themes of our culture and where they're showing up in entertainment and how they connect with spiritual and religious ideas. You'll find a link to order that book, as well as links to everything else we've talked about here today in our plugged in blog entry for this week's episode. Well, we've enjoyed spending time with you today. And on behalf of our plugged in team, I want to say thanks so much for listening. We look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. 